Hello and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. And there's only three more in the EFL 22-23 regular season calendar. This is the NTT20 betting show. It is myself, Ali Maxwell, jacked up on sour skittles and him, George Ellick, regretting his sweet choice, having yeah, tried to gross. buy a healthier sweet. But guess what? Take the bad stuff out. Get the bad taste in your mouth. This podcast is about betting. It's for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening be gamble aware. That means understanding the risks that come with betting and placing a bet. Certainly never betting more than you can afford to lose and never chasing your losses. George and I suffered some disappointing losses last mm. week. I swung. Yeah. Swung hard. Mm. Missed. Yeah. And you sometimes do miss when you swing hard. Yeah. Maybe I should slow my swing down. Let's have a think about When that. it's breezy, which it is today, swing easy. George was a blank. Uh, his good form has been somewhat halted. Uh, and I always think, you know, the sign of a quality operator and a good team are those who can uh, look suffering in the face, laugh at it and respond with strength. Uh, I had also a fairly poor week. Uh, my Barnsley minus one at Forest Green was a good thing, but none of the rest were any good at all. So let's try and redeem ourselves this weekend. George, with the best bet in the EFL with an app. My best bet in the EFL comes in League Two. And it is it is Salford to beat Walsall nice. at, at even money. Um Walsall have sacked their manager, Mike Flynn. Um a case of Flynn doing a pretty good job for most of the season. It felt to me like Walsall were, were quite a good side who weren't necessarily getting the, the points that they deserved. But as soon as any kind of playoff push or playoff hope vanished, they became an increasingly desperate side. And I don't think it's a massive surprise to see that he has been sacked. They've won, what, one of their last... One of the last 21 games in all competitions, um, which is not particularly good. That was a 2-0 win over Gillingham in mid-March. The recent performances have been totally unacceptable. They've had two away games against sides down towards the bottom end of League Two. They've lost them on aggregate 5-0, a 2-0 defeat against Crewe. A 3-0 loss against Harrogate. They also went to Rochdale and lost 4-2. So you've got three of the teams in the bottom five or six places in the league have scored, what, I mean, 11 goals against them in three games quite a big proportion of their goals scored over the whole you know time that they've um of the whole season pretty much i think they've only scored five home goals in 2023 yeah i mean they're a pretty desperate side and even though matt sadler comes in to manage the saddlers what do we expect to happen you know there's nothing for them to play for sadler i don't think is going to be the long-term option you know the the owners seemingly intent on appointing a new manager there's very little to play for in my mind, Flynn can't have been such an overwhelmingly negative influence that his departure is going to is going to cause such turnaround in form. I'm not saying that you know he shouldn't have been sacked, but I just don't think it was all to do with him just being bad around you know in terms of his tactics and and his man management style and the rest of things. And for them, they come up against the Salford side who are in themselves in in pretty good form, especially away from home, where their away games recently have been ridiculously dramatic where you've got 
a 2-1 down away against AFC Wimbledon with two minutes to go. Callum Hendry misses a penalty to make it 2-2 and then manages to score twice after that to win 3-2. You've got the crew game where they were 3-2 up going into the, uh, the similar dying minutes and transpired to lose the game 4-3. They went to Stevenage and beat them 3-1. Stevenage at the time, or still one of the best home sides in the whole division. And they got a very good point away at Stockport. So in difficult games, Salford at the moment are coming up trumps. You know, they coming into this are sitting in a pretty precarious position in terms of their own playoff hopes. They're currently in seventh, but Mansfield have a game in hand and they're level on points. So, I mean, it's absolutely imperative that Salford get a win here. They are playing well. They're the better side by a long way. They have no issue scoring goals. So Walsall's decent home defensive record doesn't really concern me too much. I think even when they're being backed kind of as we we speak. Um, And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're, pretty heavily odds on you know kind of five to six mark come kick off on Saturday I think they should and will win this game and mine is in League One towards the top of League One albeit not quite at the very top uh, it's Ipswich they're playing against Peterborough United uh, it's a massive game uh, for both sides and I'm backing Ipswich to win and over 1.5 goals in the game the price uh, with the Betfair Sportsbook is 6-4, to four, uh, which I am gobbling up as my best bet of the weekend. It's fifth against second. It's a massive game. And I think, first and foremost, that Ipswich will manage that fact better. With Ipswich, well, on Monday, I said I think that they're playing at the highest level of any League One side I remember. So if they are, in my opinion, at the top of hundreds of League One teams, then it stands to reason that I'm going to want to get with them where possible and where I think there's value to do so. That's pretty rare at the moment with Ipswich because generally their prices to win games are around 1.25, 1.3. I think this gives us a chance. They weren't at their best midweek against Vale. Uh, they went behind, bit of a freak goal, not a freak goal, just a, a goal from range that squeezed in from Mal Benning rather than them being overcome. It was going forward where they didn't look that great, struggling a little to break down Port Vale, but they still got it done. Uh, Broadhead scored a brilliant, uh, a classic Ipswich in 2023 goal across from Burns on the right with good targets in the middle a low cross that's met first time and finished brilliantly by Broadhead who is a brilliant finisher which we knew before he signed and he's only proving further Chaplin has also been in great form um, and they've only conceded two goals in their last 12 games Uh, I don't think much more needs to be said 31 scored two conceded in 12 games 10 wins and a draw they're a very 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 good team the Peterborough aspect of this is, is important to me this isn't a free hit for them. There's quite a lot of pressure on them. And while I think that they are a vintage Peterborough United team, they suddenly look and feel like Peterborough United. That's because they are fun. They are attacking. They score a lot of goals. They concede a few goals. Generally, they score more than they can concede. And they have been one of the best teams in the league since Ferguson came in. But I think he's had a fairly kind fixture list. Uh, If you look, he's played a couple of the big teams, but it's been kind of dotted around. And in the last 10... They've only played one team in the top 10 in League One. If we consider that League One is basically two divisions at this point. To have only played one team in that top 10 in the the last 10 games is pretty generous. They beat Derby 2-0 in that game, in fairness. But overall, this season, against top eight teams, well, they've played 12. They've won three and they've lost nine. In quite a few of the games, they've conceded two or more. Uh, On two occasions, they've conceded three. And at home to Bolton, they lost 5-0. They've also beaten Plymouth 5-2. They beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0. They beat Derby 2-0. For me, this is partly because I haven't yet seen resilience, toughness, 
an ability to really dig deep. And so I'd still question, despite their good form and despite their ability to put poor teams away, I'm still not sure whether Posh are serious enough. By serious, I mean, are they a top League One team that can suffer and get through difficult situations and win games either way? Do they have a strong enough constitution in these gargantuan games? We don't know yet. I think Ipswich will take control here and I think they're the, the better side. I think that Peterborough will attack because that's the way that they play. And I'm afraid at this point, I just think that suits Ipswich because that will create gaps for them to attack. So I've added over 1.5 goals to the win, which has landed in 80% of Peterborough's home games this season, 80% of Ipswich's away games this season. I'd be very surprised if this is a cagey game that just has one goal in it or is a nil-nil. Uh, I think Ipswich will win and I think over 1.5 goals. So that's my nap at 6-4. to four. Cannot wait for Peterborough and Ipswich 1 on Saturday. Should be a great game. Yes. Uh, next best. I'm adding a little edge to my uh, like you're over 1.5 I'm sticking something alongside my selection which is Charlton uh, but I'm backing Charlton minus one against Morecambe putting a bit of spin on it yeah I mean normally just a seamer straight up up or swing up and down away swing Mm. can't move it both ways sadly (laughs) otherwise I'll be an England cricketer Morecambe's away form has been terrible for a long long time and I can rattle off just their last like couple of weeks where they've been battered away from home. 5-0 against Barnsley, 3-1 against Shrewsbury, uh, 3-0 against Sheffield Wednesday, 5-0 against Derby, 4-0 against Ipswich. These are all teams covering the minus one handicap against Morecambe, where previously in the campaign, even though Morecambe didn't concede, so he didn't get many points on the road, at least they didn't concede this many goals. Um, yes, they drew 0-0 with Pompey last time out, but under Dean Holden, Charlton have been a side where when it goes right, and when they click from an attacking point of view, they score pretty heavily. You know, they scored three at home to Burton last time we saw them at home. Prior to that, their game before that, they beat Shrewsbury and hit them for six, uh, beating Morecambe 4-1 away from home just a few weeks ago too. So there's precedent for this Charlton side to wipe the floor with Morecambe. Morecambe's massive, massive win uh, in their eyes against Wickham gives them some belief going into this. But in my mind, this is basically a game where Charlton are overwhelmingly likely to win. And it's probably going to dawn on the Morecambe players and the Morecambe fans during this game that they are going to get relegated out of League One. Uh, if not mathematically, then that will be the case if they lose this. So, um, yeah, they're a side who, who ship goals pretty regularly. They're a side who, even when they play well, um, like they did against Wickham in midweek, still concede a lot of chances, often counting on Conor Ripley to be the hero in goal. And with the likes of Raksaki, with Fraser, you know, there's so much attacking quality within this Charlton side. Um, and with a manager who we know sends his team out to attack at basically any opportunity. If they do get in front, I don't really see any reason why they would stop. Um, Mars Lieben, of course, the, 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 the big striker up top who will be profiting from any goal-scoring opportunities that are created. Kind of a, a man tailor-made for a game against sides who concede a lot of big chances. So, yeah, 2-1 two, two to one this is um, for Charlton minus one, and that is my next best. Mate. A SpaceX Starship rocket has exploded in midair after launching as the boosters failed to separate from the rocket. And I'm sitting here thinking, which EFL team is that representing? Is that a precursor to? Don't say Argyle. Do not say Argyle. My next best is also a minus one, and it's also in League One. And it's one team in League One to play another team in League One and to beat them and cover the minus one. And it's Derby County. Okay. They're at home to Burton. Hmm. Now, I know what you're thinking. No. I know the first thing you're thinking. 
So much so that you haven't even thought it yet. You're thinking, Burton, they've actually been a pretty good disruptor recently. You're thinking they've beaten Barnsley, they've beaten Sheffield Wednesday, they've drawn with Bolton in midweek. You're thinking, don't we always bang on about how since Marmaria took charge, they're a top half League One team? All true. All true. But I'm still not necessarily having them on these occasions when they travel to the league's big dogs. Away to top half teams this season, Burton have lost 4-0 at Ipswich, 4-2 at Sheffield Wednesday, 2-0 at Barnsley, 2-1 at Bolton, they drew one all at Posh, they lost 3-0 at Wickham, 1-0 at Portsmouth, 3-2 at Charlton last weekend. They are a fun team, Burton. They play fast and loose, quick and direct, and they're not that good at defending. I think it's fair to say they've conceded a lot of goals now I think those ingredients play into Derby's hands personally Derby themselves are off the back of three away games in their last four back at Pride Park where this season they've been very strong at home their goal difference per game at Pride Park at home this season is plus 0.9 so almost a goal better off per game at home this season and that is supported by the underlying numbers as well this isn't due to some hot finishing streak or being good from range or anything like that they generally are a very dominant force in their home games. In their last home game, they didn't win against MK, but they battered them, drew 1-1. They battered Forest Green away, uh, winning 2-0. They found it tough at Bristol Rovers, to be fair, last weekend. They, they still almost won. A last-minute penalty meant that they drew 1-1. And then they went to Exeter on Tuesday away, and they won deservedly. So I wasn't, or I haven't been that impressed with Derby over the last couple of months. Um, there were times where people were talking it themselves into an automatic promotion uh, tilt, but instead they dropped out of the playoffs for a period and there's well, they've got a battle to get back in because they're level on points with Bolton, one behind Peterborough, uh, and Bolton have got a game in hand over them. I expect them to do the business here. I expect them to dominate this game. So the big question is basically, can and will they finish their chances? With McGoldrick in good form, whoever they have, I still think they've got the players to take chances that they, they create against a team in Burton who ship loads of goals away from home. A 31 in Mamria's 16 away games, so almost two per game. They're off the back of playing Barnsley, Charlton away, Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton away. I reckon they'll be pretty knackered. And I just think the seriousness of the situation for Derby will focus their minds. And I'm not sure Burton will have the defensive wherewithal to cope. So it's about taking chances and playing with confidence, not nerves. I think they will. Derby minus one is 11 to 8 with the Betfair Sportsbook. 11 to 8. Don't forget, it's bet 10, get 2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. T's and C's in the bio of the pod. Check them out. And it's bet 10, get 2. Uh, what's your lay, son? It's 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 one. <laughs> I've never called you son before. Son. I, I thought I'd try it. Can you call people son no older than you? No, definitely not. I've made a huge mistake. Mm. I'll forgive you, son. Um, one last dance, this one. Yeah, I'm laying for what feels like the 37th time this season. Yes. And it's yet to yield a single penny of profit. Let me stop you there. Is the clue in the name? Leighton Orient. <laughs> yeah. Jim Leighton's Orient. <laughs> Congratulations uh, for securing their promotion. Massive congratulations for securing their promotion. Um, it's been, yeah, as we said on the Monday pods, a relentlessly consistent season with one kind of very, very bad moment, which was a 3-0 defeat against Stevenage, from which they bounced back unbelievably. It seemed to coax in a spell of complacency from Stevenage 
and it refocused Orient, who then led everyone on a merry dance to promotion and probably to the League Two title, but that is yet to be confirmed. Um, and that's a massive reason why they're laying them here. This has nothing really to do with my doubts about them as being one of the best teams in the league or the market overrated them or anything like that. Um, and as a few Orient fans have reminded me a few times when I've done that in the past, it hasn't worked. So this is more just down to, do they care? Really? Like, really? I mean, anyone saw who saw the scenes on Tuesday night where the Leighton Orient bench and players were celebrating on the pitch after the um, power cut during the game and then how the last 10 minutes was played with Gillingham just holding onto the ball with neither side, showing any intention to do anything apart from just get to the end of the game. Like, if you ever need evidence, you know, and, and often we can guess, like, did this team care? Are they on the beach or whatever? If you ever needed some evidence to show that Leighton Orient are not prioritising um, their current results and are in a mood to celebrate, then that was as obvious as it'll ever be. Add to that that Omar Beckles was sent off um, in the game, so misses this. I would argue probably Leighton Orient's most important outfield player going to this game. And then in crew, you've got a side who, I mean, they... I, I cannot get them right at all, basically, this season, where at times they've looked like the worst team in the league by miles, and then a lot of the times have pulled out some incredible results. And just in the last um, four games, you can see that very clearly, where they've won three of them, 2-0, 3-0, and 2-0 against Walsall, Barrow, and Doncaster, with just a 4-0 defeat against Colchester, (laughs) which is wedged in the middle. Confusing. Um, But they look to me, with three wins in the last four, Crew look to me to be a team who are enjoying playing out at the end of the season without any jeopardy without any possibility of getting relegated and the rest of it so yeah I I think they will provide a stern test if Orient don't turn up and you're getting you know you're getting 1.48 about Orient about the lay on on Orient you're getting 9.4 in the exchange about a crew win which again I think is a huge price um just in terms of if if crew get ahead and this is a massive party with Orient fans celebrating them in, in the stands and the rest of it. Are they really going to care? Are they really going to put in the effort to come back and win this one? Um, so, I mean, the opposite might happen. Maybe they'll be so buoyed by by their win. I have no idea what they've been doing since the Gillingham game on Tuesday night. Have this they- is why I'm a bit disappointed because you only live, or well, you live less than two miles away from the stadium. I was really hoping <laughs> we might get a bit of inside info, such as you woke up with... Paul Smith in your back garden, asleep in a bush. Could have done. I haven't. I haven't looked in the. You garden. haven't checked. He's small. What as the well. hell? Um, Check. I haven't been into the gardens of <laughs> any. Sorry, all the pubs in you know, Leighton in the last couple of days. Sadly, because I have a child. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what they've been doing. There's a fair chance I think that they might have been on the Raz. Basically, ever well, since I listened to Wellens's post-match, and he said they'd have obviously Wednesday off and Thursday off. And he was like, and we back, we'll be back in on Friday to get ready for crew. On Saturday. There we go. Music <laughs> to my ears. So this is just, yeah, no disrespect to Orient. This is just a case of, can you really be backing a side 2-1 who don't need to win the game, don't really seem like have any intention of preparing properly for the game, might well have been on the, on the piss for the last two days and their best players out suspended. On the beach, on the beers. Both. I'm laying West Brom... At 2.02 on the Betfair Exchange, quite a rare odds against lay for me. Uh, wasn't a load that I loved across this docket, so I won't take too long. I think this is going to be a cracking game. Sunday, midday, live on the box. West Brom, who are 7th against Sunderland, who are ninth 
They have the same goal difference. There is one point between them. It's it's just epic, the championship uh, playoff uh, battle. And they're both in interesting form since the international break. Baggies, well, it was two draws and a defeat. And then they've reeled off back-to-back away wins. For Sunderland, it's two wins and three draws. But they're off the back of a home draw to Huddersfield, which would have felt pretty disappointing. It was an opportunity and they didn't take it. They went ahead and then conceded an equaliser. Couldn't get a winner. Uh, Albion have got three massive games coming up in the next week. Sunderland, then Sheffield United, then Norwich. They're in a strong position to make the playoffs, but I'm not convinced. I'm not sure they're actually playing particularly well. Now, a Carlos Corberan team does not always need to look like it's playing particularly well in order to pick up points in football matches. But specifically, I think they're really struggling to create from open play. Look at the goals they've scored in the last five or six games. They're almost entirely set-piece goals. They've grabbed a few from corners, a swift penalty a couple of games back. Uh, Gardner Hickman's goal was from open play in midweek. That was just capitalising on a sloppy mistake from Blackpool. Like They are not creating chances in open play consistently. Uh, and I think that's being somewhat um, obscured by these slightly scrappy set-piece goals that they've scored, Thomas Asante and Mollenby in particular. Sunderland are a better away team than they are a home team. They've picked up four more points away from the Stadium of Light than they have there, and they've played a game fewer. They, they are the third highest away goal scorers, and I think the easy argument to make, which I probably believe, is that they prefer the carefree underdog mentality it's very hard for them to have that at home because of the expectancy uh, of that massive stadium of light crowd and i think there's something to do with style of play here as well and there's a few teams for, for whom this is the case um, the way that they want to play actually suits a team coming onto them a little bit and then being able to to break and play in transition uh, give some space for the wizards like Amad diallo diallo to do their business the other thing here is both teams are really affected by injuries but for whatever reason, I believe that West Brom's are more serious to, to them and, and to their first team because Sunderland are, are used to being without Ross Stewart. They're used to having Luke Nine playing centre-back. Um, in midfield, I'm a little bit worried about them, but West Brom are missing DK, so they've only got Thomas Asante to play up top. They're missing Deanne Garner and Phillips, so it's a pretty big workload for Jed Wallace, for Swift, for Grant, for Albrighton, whoever they start here. And big one for me, they're missing Dara O'Shea. Ajay and Peters, for me, it's just a much less um, definitive centre-back pairing, shall we say. So I think Sunderland will be playing with a little less pressure. I think they'll be suited by the fact that they're at the Hawthorns. And even though West Brom have barely conceded a goal from open play at the Hawthorns under Corbran, I'm just not convinced about their performance level. So I'm going Sunderland to avoid defeat. Cracker on the box Sunday midday. I've laid at West Brom here. I know that for this week's Betfair column, yes. you've picked a goal scorer in that game. Who is it? Joseph Galhart. Oh, nice. So it aligns nicely with your lay. Although I must say my anti-post positions would really like West Brom to win that one if possible. What's your goals pick? My goals pick is in League Two and we're getting towards fun in the sun territory, aren't we? Hello. there's only three or four more games after the season. And... Um, Nick Goff, formerly guest podder on this pod early in the season, tweeted this morning about how it's interesting because there are a few games coming up at this stage of the season where they can be massive for anti-post punters, but don't matter really at all to the teams playing them. And one of those is Luton-Middlesbrough at the moment where, of course, we backed um, 
for either of those sides each way with three places in the championship you kind of need one of them to win realistically apart from probably jockeying for position ahead of the playoffs there's not really much between in that game um, sadly because it looks like a belter on paper but the the one that really counts here is in league two between Tranmere and Grimsby where top half finish and bottom half finish bets this is absolutely massive but surely these two teams just couldn't care less about this. And this has the, you know, apart from going into it, knowing that they're separated by a point and whoever wins finishes above the other one, which could provide some needle. That's basically it. There's no need at all for either of these two teams to sit back whatsoever. You've mentioned um, the Doors Diamond many times over the course of the last couple of weeks of his caretaker ship. You know, things at Tranmere haven't been that open um, in the last few weeks. We saw them due to draw tour with Tranmere and that 2-1 defeat at Crawley where they missed a penalty too. So the last two games have been fairly free scoring and with Grimsby as well. Um, the 4-1 loss at home to Hartlepool. They went to Doncaster and beat them 2-1. So we're seeing a few got the 3-2 um, defeat at Bradford too. So we're seeing goals opening up in their games. And in my mind, if this is just going to be a game between two sides with nothing to play for apart from kind of bragging rights and who finishes above the other, I don't really see why there would be any onus on the defensive side of things whatsoever. So I'm, I'm swinging again just with this one and rather than just going BTTS or whatever I'm going to go for BTTS in both halves at 16 to 1 um, wow yeah so all both teams to score in both halves at 16 to 1 just in the hope that if we get an early goal it descends into mayhem um, I like it a lot playing it. Thank well you. matched pretty well matched teams as well which yeah. I think is probably what you want for this sort it of is. bet my talk about getting towards the beach mate my goals pick is an over 2.5 goals fivefold. oh my god based on mostly pure I'm vibes I'm going to go and put Bolton Shrewsbury over 2.5 goals at 2.1 I think Shrews are pretty exhausted are very much banged up by injury not they're not the team that they were in the first 35 games of the season. And I think Bolton um, should be able to cut loose here back at home, needing a win. Portsmouth and Accrington, over 2.5 goals is 1.9. I just think any Accrington away game, I want to be on the overs. They are super loose. They just absolutely go for it, but they have zero defence whatsoever. Stockport and Rochdale is uh, 1.87, the overs. This, again, is just about... You know, I think it's going to be three, four, five nil to Stockport because I think Rochdale will struggle to keep them at bay at nil nil. Once they go behind, and Dale's relegation looks like it's going to be confirmed. I could see things really opening up. And for Stockport, you know, the onus is on them to keep racking up the goals in order to try and and, and chase down the top three. Northampton and Harrogate. Northampton in the top three. Uh, this one's more just about their opponents, Harrogate, who are a classic fun in the sun team all year round. They're, they're, they're in the sunbeds all year round because they just don't care what season it is. They're going to play seriously aggressive attacking football, again, without a lot to say for themselves defensively. The overs there is 2.1. It's probably, in my eyes, the best value of, of all three, uh, of all five rather. And then Hartley Paul Crawley, the big one in League Two. I'm a little bit concerned about this one because I see a way in which this could end up being very, 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 very nervy and cagey because it's such an important game, which you've previewed in our uh, big six on the EFL newsletter by NTT20. I also think there's a chance that uh, both teams have spells where they can really hurt the other. Both teams are much happier attacking than defending. And I think that's quite a nice little um, equation for a goals game. So Hartlepool-Crawley is over 2.5 as well. The five games that I'm picking to go over 2.5 goals are Bolton-Shrewsbury, Portsmouth-Accrington in League 1, Stockport-Rochdale, Northampton-Harrogate and Hartlepool-Crawley in League 2. 
the fivefold pays 29.76 with the Betfair Sportsbook. So a couple of ticks under 30 to 1. Betfair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can easily add the trending Football League Bet Builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. Goal scorer. Ryan Manning, 11 to 1 anytime for Swansea at Norwich is my goal selection. Um, he played wide left in midweek. Um, so the kind of in that front four. Um, had a shot, played pretty well. And it's one of those where if he plays wide left again for Swansea at Norwich, then obviously he's a massive bet. Even if he plays in that advanced kind of left wing back role where he normally plays, he's still, in my mind, too big a price at that price because he's he consistently gets forward in every game. He's got total license to do so. He's got total license to take shots on. You know, he has a shot in pretty much every game when they play, went to when, when they hosted Middlesbrough and lost three one back in March. He had five shots. He had three shots against Millwall. He had three shots in the one 0 win against Huddersfield two, uh, last Saturday, playing from left back. You know, he probably should score more than he does, but he's notched already this season um, five league goals in thirty eight games. So he shouldn't really be that price anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm very keen to get with Swans against Norwich at the prices they are. They'd probably be the third on my list. Um, with Norwich really not convincing me at all under David Wagner. I mean, know that Wagner's sides, or you know, at least he's had sides previously that where they can go on these really poor runs and a 1-0 draw at QPR at the moment is not a good result, which is what they come into this with. So I've seen some Swansea fans wondering if they could win all their games. Could they sneak into the playoffs? I think the answer is no. I think they'll fall probably three points short, even if they do. But, you know, even going into a game like this, enjoying their football and with even if they think there's a one percent chance they might be able to sneak in then that's got to be a good thing so um yeah manning at 11 to 1 is my goal scorer pick if that comes in yeah i'm going to start calling him payton manning because tons he'll be paying a ton yeah and also payton manning who's that no i'm joking who did he play for why would i know that little quiz um what was he He's a quarterback. Yeah. I reckon he played for... He's actually... He's been in some movies. Has he? Yeah. Um, he's in Hall Pass, I think you'll find. <laughs> yes, he is. You're Thank right. Thank you. Do you know who <laughs> Peyton Manning stiff, is? A very stiff actor. Uh, he's in Modern Family as well. Yeah. See? Is he? Yeah. I love that you know more about <laughs> what he's done as an actor than as a one of the greatest he NFL players He played for... Oh, I just don't know. Just pick a team. So no, because I don't want to get it wrong. Let's pick a team and we can move on. The Denver Broncos. Correct answer. Thank you. Did he win a ring with them? Yes, yes he did. Yes, he did. Obviously, best ever. So have I... Sorry, did you just ask me if I knew who he was and I've basically just given you his whole his biography? Whole Correct. Thank you very much. And you're... Obviously, you And know, good night. Mostly. But films. guys, Ali loves the NFL, so... Incredible stint at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. I don't even like the NFL, but I did like it between 2012 and 2015 because that was when I was at university and I didn't want to sleep. So I watched American sports and I supported the Denver Broncos. And How do you feel about sleep these days? I love it so <laughs> much, so much. My goal scorer is George Hurst. Are you thirsty? 
Yes, I am thirsty. I've backed him to score at 7-2 with the Betfest Sportsbook. He plays for Ipswich Town and they're playing against Peterborough United, as discussed around the Nap region. Uh, and I think he's going to start, uh, having been rotated out for Ladapo in midweek. But before then, he'd started six in a row. He'd scored in four of those six. He seems to fit this team really well at the moment, a team that's performing very well. As we know, I think 7-2, to two, so 3.5 the decimal, is a standout price. Uh, with the Betfair Sportsbook for a number nine in the EFL this weekend. So uh, I think it's value. I think it's George Hurst. I think it's seven to two because you're George Hurst. I'll do anything for you if you score at seven to two. George, please could you recap your selections? Yes. Um, my nap is Salford, even money to go to Walsall and beat them. Charlton minus one at home to Morecambe at two to one is my next best. Laid Orient uh, at home to Crew. Uh, BTTS in both halves in Tro and Mir versus Grimsby at 16 to 1. And Peyton, not Liam, Ryan Manning. Any time for Swansea, 11 to 1 at Norwich is my goal scorer. I can taste the weekend. Can I just share that every time I ask you to recap your selections, the word selección pops into my head, and that's what they call the Spanish national team. It is, yes. So then I start thinking what you'd say if I said, could you recap La Selección? And then you'd have to tell me about what they've done in their last various major tournaments. Or just their latest lineup, which I probably have a better chance of doing. Gavi, Pedri, some of the other lads. Yeah, Busquets. Iago Aspas. Americ Laporte. Yes. Oh, the Balde. Jordi Alba. Balde, the left-back. Oh, Alba, the left-back. Yeah. Both played for Barca. I wonder who started the last game. Carvajal yeah. probably kicking about still at right back. Sensio coming on 20 minutes to go. Yeah, that's how he That's how he loves that's it. That's all he does, isn't it? Oh, and they, they, do they play Bobby Sanchez in goal? No, he's always in the squads, though. Who is in goal? Probably. Oh, it's, um, uh, what's his name? Who does he play for? I can't remember. <laughs> Atletique. Who's the Spain goalkeeper, guys? Tweet us. Great bit of interaction, this. Yeah, I get that. We get some great socials. Uh, my picks are Nap, Ipswich, and over 1.5 goals to beat Peterborough at 6 to 4. My next best is Derby minus 1, 11 to 8. I've laid West Brom at 2.02 on the Betfair Exchange. My goals, fivefold. The Quintuple, Bolton and Shrewsbury, Portsmouth and Accrington, Stockport and Rochdale, Northampton and Harrogate, Hartlepool and Crawley, all over 2.5 goals at 29.76. And because you're George Hurst, I'd score at 7-2. to two. Unai Simon. Thank you to Betfair for their continued support of this podcast and thank you to you, listener. We're almost there towards the end of the season. It's been a journey, it's been a pleasure, it's been a delight. Have a great weekend, go well.